plate, I'ma swing for the fence Throw me the lob, I'ma dunk it like Vince They think I'm from sack with the way that I'm ballin' I feel like a king, but I'm fresher than Prince Baltimore raised and fly like a raven Made it through mazes, that shit amazing Vision so clear, they thought I got lacing Cradle to grave, we poundin' that pavement Made up my mind, told them pass me the rock with the game on the line I'm taking a shot, shit all of my life had to play from behind And now they just watch, like is he gon' stop? I tell them I can't They think it's a game, they take me for joke, I just laugh to the bank Hey everybody, welcome back to the WWB Podcast. It's your boy R3 and his co-host. It's been a long time waiting. The most talented man on two feet, for real. Eloquent. Man, we uh, we back with the number left. For real. Get it. Guys, it's been a serious layoff. I am so sorry. I have a life. And mental health things that uh, keep me uh, trying to keep that with working and not making money from the podcast. <laughs> so, um, we, but it's been so much going on in the sports world. We know as the WWB sports podcast has tried to transition, we talk about social issues, wrestling, sports, etc. all of it, not just pro wrestling, because there's plenty of those you can listen to. And the best person from a cultural critic perspective, I would say, honestly, would be eloquent. And I'm honored to have you spending time with me today, my man. Always a pleasure to be here, man. It's uh, always fun to get in for wrestling, life, pop culture, football, whatever it is, man. Exactly. Do y'all believe that? Do y'all believe that? Do you believe that? <laughs> <laughs> if you guys don't know who that is, that is the Leo, like myself, Deion Sanders, man. Um, that's before we get into all the stuff that's going on in the pro wrestling world, which has been crazy literally last three weeks. And it seems like every time we get together, it's something crazy going on in pro wrestling. But mm-hmm. yep. what are your thoughts about Deion Sanders' undefeated streak, taking a school that only won one game last year to literally tripling that, and, and his team is in the top 25? What are your thoughts, Mr. Eloquent? Oh, I absolutely love it. I mean, I, I've expressed to you before, that like college football is like personally it's not really my thing. Um, maybe just because like I, I never latched onto it. So I'm, I've you know I've always been primarily NFL. But you know I mean Dion has me like on my Saturday afternoons. <laughs> in the case of last week, uh, like late on Saturday night, you know watching you know watching the Buffaloes against Colorado State. Neither team I gave a single damn about prior to prime <laughs> showing up. And it's like, you know, it was a genuinely fun, exhilarating game. And man, he just, he just has like this, this magnetism around him. Just anywhere he goes, he just, you know, it was like the Pied Piper, you know, just wherever he goes, people will follow. And I love that he's doing it in an unconventional way that frankly pisses off. Like, you know, all of the, you know, all the traditional, you know, it feels like every week someone someone's hating, someone's uh, poking the bear, and then, you know, they get that work. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know if they have it in them to, to beat Oregon, but, hell, they're 3-0 already. This, this season is already a success in my mind. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to to echo your sentiments, my friend, um, Dion um, has literally captivated a nation. Um, we love seeing a black man speak in his truth and to represent himself and to have confidence. A lot of black men are used to having to cowtail to tippy toe in certain spaces because they're invited. But Dion's like, look, we hear he's been successful on so many levels. He literally is him. We've seen The Rock. We've seen um, all types of people coming onto the campus. Lil Wayne, Amigos, Wu-Tang. It's like literally a cultural movement. And like you, brother, well, I'm actually a little bit more college football now. Being from Maryland, which is a very fascinating state, uh, lacrosse is a big deal. Baseball is pretty big deal, but uh, we're base, you know, we're a baseball and football town um, on a pro side. But in college football, you traditionally put that in the South. Maryland is close to the South, but we don't consider ourselves truly, truly, really deeply Southern. In a lot of ways, we aren't. Right. Um, we're really random, like a mid-Atlantic place. So we got some mixture there. So growing up, I was a huge uh, Terps fan. Uh, we had Ralph Regan, one of the best coaches in Maryland history. We had Vernon Davis. We've had some great uh, players, um, you know, Tory Williams. Um, we've had uh, some other great players very recently as well. De- Darius Hayward Bay, um, Deontay Banks recently, uh, Tua Tagovailoa's brother is playing for the Terps. So definitely some talent oh, coming there. But we wouldn't, I wouldn't say Maryland is a perennial football powerhouse at all. Um, Right. As a kid, they were in the ACC, and they, now they're over in the Big Ten. And to me, honestly, bro, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. I am not a big fan of Big Ten football outside of, you know, Ohio State and stuff like that. Um, and so that really pissed me off because growing up as a kid watching ACC basketball, which I'll say Maryland, if you're a Maryland Terps fan, you're probably a bigger Maryland Terps basketball fan um, than a football fan. And so... Yeah playing against Duke and the UNCs and the so-called Blue Bloods and beating them. It was a huge rivalry, especially when we won the um, national championship back in 2002. So, um, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, brother. So, anyway, happy to see Dion doing well. Um, if they beat Portland, uh, I mean, or the, or the Oregon Ducks, it will, bro, you, yeah. will never, you will get Dion out for a whole week. Trump, Oregon, you know, if they beat USC, and, um, I mean, all the talking heads keep talking about, you know, Caleb Williams being, I guess, like the consensus, sure shot, number one pick in the next draft. Mm-hmm. Yo, they, they get a W on them. Mm-hmm. Yo, Dion, Dion's going to be insufferable for some of these folks, yo. And I can't wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. But, but yeah, but just, just the idea of, like, that team went one in eleven last year, and you know, this early in the season, they've they've already shattered all expectations, and you know, they're you know, I don't I don't think they're going to go undefeated by any means, but but you know, I, I think like let's say they finish, um, I, I don't know how many games there. Are. I'm guessing there's what 15, mm-hmm. 14, 15, something like that. Usually, college football about twelve, let's thirteen games. Yeah. Okay. So let's say it's twelve. If they can, if they can squeeze out seven to eight wins, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's a huge success. And like Dion's biggest gift among everything is, you know, he he gets like I said, he gets people to follow. And so, you know, the reason Alabama has always been consistently like a top three team year in year out for as long as 
you know, Nick Saban's been there is because, you know, Nick Saban, you know, he, he has that clout, um, you know, when he goes into people's living rooms and yeah. sells these top prospects from going there. And, you know, and Dion kind of just has that gift where I can see in, you know, next year, year after, you know, a lot of these top prospects who you would just pencil in for, oh, okay, he's going to go to Texas, he's going to go to Tennessee, he's going to go to Bama, he's going to go to Florida, Florida States, whoever, you know, I think he's going to get a lot of people interested in, you know, in this Boulder, Colorado, this, this Pac-12 team that otherwise probably never would have even, like, looked at in that direction. Exactly. So, right. And, and I, I and I, and I think that's going to be scary for a lot of people who are just used to that SEC dominance. Yeah, and I was, and, I, and it's so funny because me and you are very on the same wavelength. Like I never watched Pac-12 football, Pac-10, Pac-12. I don't give a fuck. I used to like Oregon because of the cool jerseys, but never really respected the Pac-10 or Pac-12. Didn't give a damn, you know, um, at all. Uh, always ACC guy, always respected the SEC. Always loved the Ohio State because just the beautiful stadium, some of the great talent they've had over the last 20 years and um bro i was literally fighting to stay awake for like at midnight trying to watch this game i'm like i cannot believe Deion sanders bro seriously like that's how much he's one of the most valuable brands in the entire world the Dion brand and the fact that he's raising his kids without trouble or problems or, or any type of off-field issues is amazing as well as i'm watching that game and like every commercial break like <laughs> Oh shit! There's there's prime again. Mm-hmm. Like he's all over this TV, mm-hmm. and you know I, I didn't check to see what the what the final ratings came to, but I'm eight point four million. That it was it was the highest. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, eight point four. See, you know, networks are looking at that like, all right, more prime, more prime. You know, so this team that. And again, I don't know the history. I'm going to go on the limb and assume they've probably had like no primetime games mm-hmm. ever, mm-hmm. or maybe one, you know, where they're like a 30 point underdog. Um, you know, yeah, eight, eight point seven, yeah I'm sorry, there, eight, 8.73. This is what begins in Nebraska 8.73 million viewers for that game, and then 4.5 million in uh, the sunglasses that he has, and then. All tickets sold out Those for the draw. entire season. Literally a draw. Yeah. If, if he needs to be at WrestleMania. Bro, it's a draw. Bro, Roman Reigns wishes he could. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> well, anyone in person wishes they could. Yeah. Like, bro, is a certified draw. And, and hell, man, I, I don't know if you uh, keep very many of the Jackson State games from last year or the year before, but, you know, I, I caught a couple of them. Um, and Me too. Yeah. I mean, Bro, I mean, bro, bro had something with them, and had he have stayed, you know. But I'm, I'm glad that he's got this bigger, this bigger platform, and and he can really show folks what he can do. Yeah, and he's doing it. And I think ultimately, if they finish in some of the, in the top three or four bowls this year, it is a success. I think um, if they win, if they stay above 500, which I think they will, and they get in the top five That's bowl cool. games, it is a and they win. This is one of the most successful turnarounds in the history of college football. Oh, bar none. I mean, going from one and eleven, yeah. like <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But I'm actually going to get the prime hoodie myself. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to cop the the the, the CU Prime hat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely got to get that. <laughs> Hell yeah. I wish they played games on the East Coast, yeah. but they don't. But um, if they make it to a bowl game that's anywhere close to the East Coast, I will, I'm going to see what them tickets are going to look like. But I'm assuming 600, 700, big, big dollars. Yeah, a lot of celebrities. Them, 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 them tickets won't be cheap. And WrestleMania oh, that shit's gonna look, value, yeah. Bro, that shit's going to look like, like a, a a Lakers playoff game, <laughs> you know. Hell it's, yeah. It's all like the celebrities all in the front. You know, oh shit! There's Shannon Sharp. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> oh, and I love the fact that Shannon uh, and 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 uh, Stephen A. Smith went out there and interviewed him as well. Yeah, man, it's like I've never seen anything like it before. Like, yeah, they they went out there, they interviewed him. Um, he did a he did a spot on I guess Skip Skip Bayless's new undisputed show, and I mean, he's doing like a whole media tour and. And you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just imagining like whoever is running that that AD apartment um, department there is probably just like falling over themselves, like yo, like we about to get paid. <laughs> like I've not, like I've seen people come in and just change their programs, their teams, like drastically. I've just never seen it this quick before. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like he's got people believing. Now it'll be interesting to see. Because, like I said, I don't think they're—I don't think they're going undefeated. Someone is eventually going to get them, um, and you know, at some point, someone's going to like beat them bad. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like, whenever that happens, and you know, and people start to see me be like, "Oh, see, see, see," and that's going to put a bigger chip on the shoulder, you know. So um, I don't know, like I. <laughs> But he single-handedly made me a college football fan. Yeah, brother. <laughs> without a question. Without a question, man. I'm, I'm just excited. Shout man. out. Shout out to Dion. Heck yeah. Let's yeah. get it. Dion. Big pop. Hell yeah, bro. Shout out to oh, yeah. Dion, man. He's a fantastic human being. So as we move, um, move down the line, man, let's hop into this AEW drama real quick. We know we had... All in, all out. We have. I'm, I'm all. Uh, I'm exhausted of all the alls. Um, and they try to beat our pockets up. They tried to double dip uh, with a pay per view back to back, acting as if we're related to uh, you know you know uh, Steve Jobs or something like that. But uh, <laughs> but we had yeah. a huge issue again. We're going to talk about it. Um, you know, Jungle Bo- or Jack Perry, formerly named Jungle Boy. Um, Pushed the last button on CM Punk's, uh, you know, nuclear, uh, you know, warhead um, uh, personality at times. And um, apparently, they got a little uh, interesting in the back. Got a little scuffly where Tony Khan feared for his life. And Tony didn't blink. He was almost like a hostage when he said that. You um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Terrified thing. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Tony definitely throws uh, up flashbacks. Literally, yeah, he, he looked like he had uh, he, he was having like in, he, he was having like indigestion or something. I don't know what was going on, but um, and so I was so curious. I was like, what? Because you hear about how prickly he is and how much he's, but also how much people love him. You hear Jay Cargill. You hear FTR. Different people talking about 
how he has been a great mentor to him and, and very supportive. And I said, what makes a man like a CM Punk? You know, he's from Chicagoland. Um, and uh, he's a straight edge type of guy. He's very interesting presentation. I actually ran into him in Miami. I'm um, going to my first AEW show. It was AEW Rampage in Miami right after COVID, um, right, like right after COVID. And um, he is definitely a really got a cool swag. He was walking in the street. He has a, he's a very determined walk to him. I did not want to interrupt him when we were in downtown um, Miami. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I would tap this guy in the shoulder. I don't think that would go well. Um, but it, it was like, it was amazing to see. And then additionally, um, so I got into, I wanted to get into some straight edge rock. And um, I had never listened to this music, but I really wanted to get into the mind of the ma- of the madman, so to speak. Whoa. And um, I said, I'm picturing what happened here. And I said, what better way to frame the con- the confrontation between him and Jungle Boy, but to play some music from Youth Crew, who is a straight edge band. Um, Youth of Today is the song. Oh, the group is Youth of Today. I'm sorry. The group is Youth of Today. The song is called Youth Crew. I want you guys to visualize CM Punk pissed off uh, encountering Jungle Boy while listening to this music and then we're going to play for like 15-20 seconds and I want you to understand how this came to happen because some people would say why couldn't he just walk away and let it go but you got to understand the man behind the music and uh, I'm going to tell you when I listened to this music I wanted to boot an old lady's hot dogs on 4th of July at the uh, grocery store because she's anti-vegan and uh, so I, I would do that after listening to this music I would put a a uh, barbecue contest on fire uh, due to this music. So I want you to hear this and picture CM Punk choking out um, Jack Perry and all of his big forehead glory. <laughs> you get to the good part. All right. So imagine CM Punk going in the back, and this music is playing in his mind that he listens to on a regular basis because he's straight edge. And you see a bobbly bobbly SoCal or you know a head of a boy uh, heartthrob, and you got this music playing in your subconscious. I would put him in a tri- in a, a triangle chokehold as well, and anybody within two two seconds. Um, so I can see that happening, and this is the music that's playing as he's choking him out <laughs> on the bro, CCV, I, CC, CCV camera. <laughs> bro, like it's it's just so crazy to think that just after everything he'd been through you know, over the last what, two years and you know, coming back to the show and yada, yada, yada. I don't know, man. Just the idea that the thing that would put him over the top and get him out of the company was the motherfucking Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. Like, for real? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, man, it's... <laughs> he, but, man, like, Punk's, Punk's my favorite wrestler. He's been my favorite wrestler for some time. Um... 
obviously no one's going to know exactly 100% unless you know, TMZ gets footage of the of the video or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. It's like I feel like we all we all know that one person in our lives that you know that we really like, who we really fuck with, who just everyone else just seems to have an issue with for some reason. Mm-hmm. And you know, at a certain point, it's kind of like the well, man. It's like you're the common denominator between like all of these different instances, even though I don't, I don't blame them for, for all of them. And I don't know, man, I, I, I don't want to like diagnose someone that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just feel like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say anger issues, but oh, he, he, he's got some issues kind of just letting, letting things go, letting trip slide. Well, you and, can't, you know, you listen to that. how can you let something slide when you're listening to your youth, of the, youth of the youth crew? The, how can you let it slide? You can't. Yeah, that's my choice. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was destined to happen. I mean, I guess just Jack, <laughs> it wasn't Jack Perry. It, it might have been, I don't know, Serpentico or some shit. Somebody was getting um, choked out. I don't give a fuck who it was. Somebody was getting choked out. <laughs> <laughs> someone was getting, someone was getting Ikea TV. <laughs> so Jack, Jack Perry just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Though. Yeah, instead <laughs> of spinning bottles, spin the guilty. Who's getting the guillotine today? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, uh, Tony, Tony, Tony's uh, no doubt. Tony's um, <laughs> let's just say uh, Tony's uh, balls distended uh, when he saw CM Punk lunge at him. <laughs> uh, life flashed between his eyes. So, well, yeah. And, yeah, and that's the other thing, man. I think because it's like I, mean, I don't care what anyone says. I think that he, I don't think Tony wanted it to get rid of him. You know, like he. Like I think one of the, one of the things that he's probably most proud of, uh, in at least as far as his, his wrestling booking tenure, was being the guy to get him out of retirement. Yep. Um, and and I think, you know, he had like hell of people telling him, get rid of this guy. It's not going to work. It's always problems. And I think he just resisted and resisted. And I think he, you know. I think he was probably more angry that put him in that position where he effectively had to do it. Yeah. I mean, he feared for his life is a little wild. And I, I just can't imagine that, you know, punk like ran up on him, you know, fist in the air about to swing on him. You know, I, I, I just can't, I can't picture that, but you know, the word around the campfire is that, um, Apparently he's like punk is not looking to sue or anything, and he's kind of just like, nah, I'm just gonna move on with my life as he should. Um, as he, as should. he should. Yeah. Well, I don't think I don't think that's a, a at least as far as a, a PR, or a, you know, a, a court of public opinion. Like I, I, I don't think that's one that he can win. So it's like, mm-hmm. ah, I well just take take my L, take my millions of dollars, and just move on and pick. Hey, Maybe who knows? Maybe even show up at the at Survivor Series in a couple months. Yeah, it, to me, it's still one of the greatest wrestling moments in my personal life. And and you know, me and you are Attitude Era guys, and you're just a little bit before that new age as well. And for me, you know, it's one of the. I literally damn near. I think I might have shed a tear when CM Punk came back. Um, that pop that he got in Chicago. It's one of the greatest wrestling memories in my entire adult life. Period. Oh, and, and man, and that's and that's the thing that makes it more disappointing because it's like. 
you know, I know there's always this, this discourse about, well, this person signed here and he wasn't used well, or yada yada yada. <laughs> I thought, I thought, I thought his, I thought his his AEW run, like I guess both of them, I thought I thought it was excellent. The stuff he was doing was awesome, and they told great stories, and the matches were pretty good. But he did he gave me everything that I wanted, but I guess you know he just. You know, we just couldn't get along with folks behind the scenes, and you know, it, it, you know, it, it's more. It's mostly just like a. This was like a big what if. Like, yeah. I wanted to see him feud with with Switchblade, and me, I wanted to see him tussle with Kenny, and oh, obviously, and then the elites, and I wanted to see him. Uh, him and Swerve could have had an, an amazing program, but there's so many cool things he could have and should have done, and. You know, you never say never, but you know, it's. I mean, I hope I hope that he's sort of just made peace with it, and and he's happy with whatever he's doing or whatever he's going to do. If he goes back to WWE, I'm, I'm going to tune in to, to see what he does. Um, we we but, know that yeah. the, dark, the AEW dark side of the ring is going to be Liddy. Oh, bro, that's going to be crazy! I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> I mean, realistically, it's like yeah. They, they could probably do it like, you know, two, three, maybe four years. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, hey, it, um, you know, a huge missed opportunity. Happy to at least have that yeah. moment. I became a wrestling <laughs> fan all over again. And it really, when that happened to me, I thought AEW is really with Brian Danielson coming in and, um, you know, as well. Well, well I think for me, just real quick, mm-hmm. um, because the first time he, well, you know, when the first brawl brawl out shit happened and he got hurt and or suspended, whatever. Because um, at that point, you know, I think we all thought that, oh, they might just fire him. Or I think reporting at the time he was trying to get a buyout on his contract or whatever, whatever the case was. At least this go around, um, I saw him wrestle at Forbidden Door. And I saw him on uh, on a, I think it was like the second or the third collision that they happened to do in Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's like I never I never saw him like during his WWE run, um, and I didn't see any of his initial AEW run. So it's like, okay, I finally got to sort of experience Punk in real life, you know, just and man, like Forbidden Door was a really really hot show, mm-hmm. and but for a match that opened the show. Him versus um, Satoshi, um, which you know was wasn't like a high profile match, but wow, the energy in that building was like nothing else on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, like the people who hate him hate him, and the people who love him love him, and it just it's like I've never seen John Cena live before. Um, so the whole, you know, let's go Cena, Cena sucks. Like mm-hmm. I never really, so I never really like, experienced that, that sort of, um, you know, that sort of, uh, experience live before. And I kind of got it with him and, you know, it, 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 it all made sense. And, and so, you know, when I hear that he's fired, it's like, uh, it sucks, but I'm grateful that I at least got to see him do it. Yeah, because I, I have no idea if he's a wrestle again, but I'm grateful I got to see him. Yeah, and I truly thought he deserved uh, a really good epic run, and and go and he would go down probably in history as one of the greatest 
AEW, uh, you know, champions of all time. Um, but we never got that chance. But hey, huge missed opportunity. But you know, many opp- opportunities in the future. Another person who's really yeah. a big deal. Go ahead. Another person who's a really big deal and a a true AEW original is uh, Miss Jade Cargill. We've said several months, nine months ago to the day that uh, Jade Cargill uh, would go back to would go to WWE. We gave you guys an episode about how we would book things. You're right. (laughs) You're right. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Hey, if uh, if uh, if your man's uh, Randall is listening to it, yeah. you're right too. You know, I'm 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 I'm, I'm holding L. I'm holding L. It's all. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm a gentle and loving, uh, you know, trap lord. But um, <laughs> but let's talk because I, you know you, you're a deep analyst when it comes to um, Jaden. Much has been said about what she'll do in WWE and how to book her. Is it better for her to do NXT uh, or go straight to main roster? I would love to get your perspective about the appropriate way to bring her in. We've heard things about her being at the Performance Center, but I want your thoughts, Eloquent, as a true believer. Me and you are both, I've been with AEW since literally the announcement um, on, on, tele, on YouTube um, with J- Chris Jericho, Britt Baker, and a couple other voices there. So, how do you bring her in appropriately? Book fantasy book eloquent for us. So, if I'm if I have the pen, so to speak, um, I'm having her skip NXT mm-hmm. altogether, mm-hmm. or, or maybe what I'd do is I'd you know I'd have her in the in the PC for maybe maybe a month or something like that. I just to work on, um, you know, I guess the things that WWE likes in terms of, you know, where to look into the camera and stuff like that. So, I mean, a lot of it's pretty much like, you know, TV wrestling. She has a lot of experience with that through AEW. So I don't think she needs a ton of seasoning per se. Now, if the argument is, well, she's not going to be, you know, she's not going to wrestle as good as Charlotte. Okay. Well, I, I don't think anyone is expecting that, but she has such an aura that nobody else between both rosters, I might add, but nobody apart from Bianca, probably. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But no one just has that, that aura. Like she walks into a room and just, you know, your attention immediately goes to her. Yeah. You know, and, um, and, you know, I know that AEW, they booked her a lot on Rampage to, you know, on the tape show to sort of protect her in, in that regard. And, but I think that, you know, I think that WWE have enough, you know, enough like, like workers, like good workers, like, you know, Natty or someone like that, um, who can sort of like protect her, mm-hmm. um, so to speak, um, before she's ready to, you know, have a, have a 20 minute WrestleMania match, you know? And, and let's be honest and here. I, uh, Becky Lynch, the current NXT women's champion, right? She's not a, yep. uh, she's not a, a, a Rey Mysterio to say the least. Her work style is more of a brawling style. That WWE work style is totally different than an AEW work style. And so if she can get those powerhouse moves down, I think if she adds maybe two or three more powerhouse. Cause we've seen the press slam. We've seen the jaded, 
we've seen her ability to do a um a, you know a uh, elevated um a, a um like a what's it called a um it's a, it's a, it's a it's a suplex but it's like a stalling suplex um yeah so and, she she adds two or three more power moves I think she'll be okay she she does this awesome move that um I don't know if she took it from uh, from Jeff Cobb's of New Japan but I know a couple times she did that tour of the islands kind of that swing yeah. swing power slam yeah and 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 especially given that she's so tall and most of the people she worked with in AEW are considerably smaller than her. It, it just looks so badass. Like mm-hmm. I hope, you know, I hope they let her keep that move. Um, but nonetheless, I think that, um, you know, AEW, the, just the philosophy of the promotion is kind of more work rate driven, but what she, what she already does now, I mean, she's kind of more of a sports entertainer, dare I say. And I think that, I, I don't think that her the way that she wrestles wouldn't translate to, to WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, so, you know, I don't expect her to work a 25 minutes banger with, with someone, at least not right away, but I think she's plenty good enough to, you know, can she go in and have a pretty good seven or eight minute match with, I don't know, Liv Morgan. Yeah. I think she could. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So, so you're saying no. Sorry, you're I, saying PC for six. You saying PC for a month goes directly. Okay, but really walk us through this, bro. So she's at the PC. Do you bring her in at the Royal Rumble? Do you bring her in at um you know um at at another pay per view? So, so given where we're at now, um, I don't think Survivor Series would make sense. I'm trying to think of the, the schedule. So. I, like if this news dropped maybe two months later, I'd say yo just just wait for the like, just wait for the for the rumble. Um, I think just given that it's it's such like big news that WWE poached her from the competition. Um, I think it would be smart to capitalize on that sooner rather than later, rather than kind of just sticking her in a box and waiting four months for her debut. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, um, I don't know if there's another pay-per-view between now and Survivor Series, um, but, right uh, but honestly, I, I'm, I'm cool if she just like shows up on a, shows up on a Raw, but if, but if there's a, if there's a pay-per-view, um, that's not too far out. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So sh- it's actually not, we got, we got, we got, we got fast lane. October 7th. That's way too early, uh, right? Actually, now that I think of it, yeah, because if she spends about a month just, you know, getting her reps, because mind you, she took like two months off the last two months of AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let her get some work in for about a month at the PC, and I'd, I'd debut her at Survivor Series. In Chicago! Woo! You know they want to put yeah. it up. You know AEW that's their home their home turf, so to speak. That is a big F you and you know they're petty like that. And they would do something like that. Yeah, yeah, they would. I mean, I know that you know Jade doesn't have any like hard feelings. No, 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 nothing like that. Yeah, nothing but, like but, that. But, 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 
shit. Yeah, and the audience and <laughs> the audience knows her personally in Chicago because they've seen her perform. Because there is some crossover with AEW people in WWE. It's not like two separate well, audiences, you know. Well, what I'll, well, what I'll say is, I think I think they should debut her at Survivor Series, provided provided that that Punk's not going to debut there too. He's not. I, like, I don't think I don't, Punk is, I don't think Punk is coming. Personally, I, I just don't see him wrestling again. Personally, I I don't I don't either. But you never know. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, if if you would have asked me a year, two years ago, I would have said zero percent chance. Now I'm kind of like maybe ten, fifteen. Still pretty certain he's not going to show up, but I, I can't rule it out. There's probably got to be with the the litigation. They've got to have some sort of rule where they're like, no, you can't show up for like six months. There's got to be something. Tony's got to, you know. Um, it's it's hard to say because he, um, I mean, the whole thing with like non-compete clauses is that it's like, okay, you can't go here for this period of time, but the caveat is that we're paying you to basically not go there. Mm -hmm. So, even so, I don't know if it's something where it's like, all right, you're fired with with cause, so you know your next paycheck is your last one. Mm-hmm. So you know under that circumstance, Punk could show up on SmackDown tomorrow if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go on a limb and assume it's probably two months, a couple months, but no, no way to say. Um, so unless or one of those publications that's that's the spook. I'm just going to assume that it's a similar non-compete as WWE. They usually do 90 days. Mm -hmm. 60, 90 days. Either way. um, If we assume that Punk's not coming in or he's not coming in that day, yeah, I think Survivor Series is the perfect place to to debut. And, And it could just be something where, you know, maybe whoever wins the women's Survivor Series and or is the last woman standing and you know I'm going to assume that's Rhea or Charlotte or Oscar or something like that um, you know or they win they're celebrating Jade's music hits it, man it's going to suck that she, she doesn't get to keep that old theme like, hold up hold up no, I, she, I really, I'm pretty sure she owns the rights to it like Cody does yeah, I, I mean I, I thought that um, Mikey Ruckus did it and um, I mean, he's kind of like their, like their in-house guy. And how was hey, Cody? If, if wait, how was Cody able to keep his then? Well, Cody had that team even for AEW. Oh, so, like, when he, okay, that makes when, sense. When he left WWE, yeah, when he left WWE the first time, and I guess he, because I mean, that band has done themes for other WWE people before. I think, I think he hit him up and paid him out of his pocket. Like, he'll make me a new theme. Oh. And and so when he went when he went to AEW, it's like no, don't make me music. Just I got a song, just license it to this guy. Same thing with, with WWE. But hey, it, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but she, uh, I'm just knowing how she has her brand, her, how her brand is so serious, and she takes her brand very serious. There's got to be something she has where she can, you know, um, she's got to be. I, I'm assuming I, more I likely like, than not. Because I feel like. I feel like Tony would would let her have that song if she like really pressed for it. I, I could be wrong about that, but and I, I really hope so because I mean I'm going to be honest with you. 
as far as like the original WWE themes mm-hmm. of like the guys who wrestle today, mm-hmm. there might be three or four of them that I legit like, yeah. and the rest of them. Are- oh yeah, they're ass. Yeah. they all sound the same, and ugh. yeah, wrestling themes over the last couple of years in general are garbage. I mean, I. There's, there's a there's a group of like the AEW ones that I, that I like. And there's a few folks on the indies who've, who've got some dope ones, but yeah, but the, the WWE ones in particular are just oh man. Well, like I said, bring Jim like Johnston back. <laughs> bring him back, bro. Like Jay Uso has a cool theme, and uh, a few people who kept their old um, themes from. I guess whoever was making music before the current folks, but you know, like whenever Roman comes out, I cringe. Whenever LA Knight comes out, I cringe. You know, it's most of them. Like, yo, like, like man, hire me, man. I'll, I'll, I'll make y'all some better, some better ass beats. You definitely that's, could. That's, that's not the case there. WWE, <laughs> AEW, holla at your boy. <laughs> Yeah, so the way that I would do it, um, and I've talked about it on the podcast, yeah, I think, uh, but it's kind of curious that they are bringing a lot of main roster folks to NXT in some ways with Becky and, you know, Dominic and Mammy and, um, you know, Rhea Ripley and stuff. So I can see where they would do it for a very short period of time, right? But I think because she's so valuable as a brand, um, you got to use her on the most eyes possible. And well, so I just think mm-hmm. that, yeah, and I just think that you know, for like, I mean, like, let's be real. For all the criticisms that that you, you and I both rightfully had in terms of you know part of the way that she was booked, um, in terms of them not putting her in the title, like the world title picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, this woman still was sixty and zero, and she did still carry like an aura. Yeah, and I just think it would be a mistake. For for them to just again, this is the this is the the second person, second major person, I should say, that they successfully poached from AEW. You got to treat just like Cody, almost, just, almost like Cody, just right, like, but not too much right. in your face, I, like I, I, shoving it down our throats, though. You know what I mean? Right, but I just think it would be a mistake to debut her on the on the third the third tier show. That's I true. mean, as, as 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 good as it is, or as much as people like it. Like I would rather they, I would rather they debut her on Raw and SmackDown, you know, do a run with her, and then you know maybe down the line have her go to NXT and stir some shit up. Um, but after she's already been established as as a big deal and someone worth caring about. Yeah, because if you can get her now, you can you can she can have a WrestleMania moment, you know. Um, do, like would, would you would some people were saying they should they should bring her to the new the hurt business what do you think about protecting her putting her in a part of that group letting her bring her because you don't have a, a prominent black woman in that group right and um protecting her and then she she gets like they're cheating and she's getting victory so you're still protecting her you put her in some matches but it's still like she's protected in a way until she can really you know take the training wheels off all the way or do you think that's just too much in one group? No, I don't. I don't hate that idea at all. I actually like it very much. I just think that. I think that's something that they can do down the line. Yeah. After she's um, maybe come in on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I mean, we, we, I mean, we, we fed people up with a lot of ideas. Like, yeah, it comes in and, you know, kind of starts a faction with Trinity, who obviously was was in the company at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Bianca, you know, there, there's just some cool things it can do. But if you, want, um, if you really wanted those women tag team titles to matter, her and Bianca would be freaking legendary. Her and Naomi would be freaking legendary. I would think it's more likely her and Naomi than, than Bianca. But Jade, um, yeah, Jade and um, yeah, Jade and Bianca, whether in a tag team or or preferably against one another, yeah, like that. That's money. That's a, that's a mania match. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like 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 I think of I think of Bianca's last um, like her last WrestleMania and her entrance and had all those beautiful like little black girls the ponytail. Just getting oh, hyped man, with her for so their entrance. Yeah. And and you know, and and just Bianca is just that that black girl magic personified. And I really feel like like Jade's there too. I mean Bianca's is a better wrestler. Of like course. Bell She's Bell, probably one of the best wrestlers in the last twenty years. Oh, top top five at least. Yeah. Like yeah. in like her in ring ability is I have never Wow, man or woman, we're not gonna. It's well, almost like Serena Williams. I'm saying, man, and it's like, you know, I know that the, the performance center kind of gets a lot of crap, um, and probably rightfully so, in terms of, you know, them not generating like like a ton of stars per se, but they absolutely hit it out of the park with her, and Literally. you know, and, and sometimes it's you know, there's this thing that like indie dweebs and <laughs> AEW stands sometimes do where it's like, well, you didn't work in stardom or you didn't work or you didn't have an indie run or like, shut the fuck up. Exactly. Charlotte, um, you know, Charlotte's one of the best wrestlers, male or female in the world. Same Period. with Bianca. Yeah. And they, you know, and none of them have like, like a indie darling runs to, to show for it. You, you, you gotta, know? but you gotta bring, you gotta bring Jaden as a heel though, right? I would, um, I feel like it, it's kind of like when AEW brought in Soraya, like she was talking about it in an interview I read uh, the other day where she was saying, you know, she, she wanted to be a heel the whole time, but she knew that when she first came in, but you know, people are going to be happy to see her. So I think we'll be sort of the same thing with her. Like people will cheer and show her love. Um, and then maybe like week three, week four, she can like, you know, turn on someone or, or beat up the, the beloved baby face, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, man, like I feel like, like, like the program that, that her and, and Bianca could have, um, you know, especially if they team up first, like yeah. I think it would be cool if they team up. There's never been an all black women's faction in pro wrestling. Never. That, that whoops oh, ass. Not on this scale. Yeah, it's like that's own. Pa- it's like yeah. you, you know how the bloodline is pretty much done. Now you got a story that you can tell over oh. six to twelve months. Bianca, Trinity, and Bianca, Trinity, and Jade—they're in a group. The girl power, girl power, black girl magic, etc. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Right, they're doing their thing, yeah. and then somehow, um, you know. Oh my bro And they got limousines And they got merch And they're You open up a whole nother market With this new um, Venture that they've purchased as well And um, It's uh, It's 
it, they have they have the potential because you know I mean one of the things we didn't really talk much about in terms of Jade is like which I I don't know if it kind of went unnoticed but she's a fantastic promo too yeah she can talk her shit live in front of a crowd or backstage or so forth Bianca she has promo chops too um if and eventually when Trinity comes back I mean she's not a super great promo but she doesn't need to be because I think she would be the uh she would definitely be the the baby face out of it all but you know when you sort of combine all of those pieces together I mean they've got the potential for I feel like the best storyline in the company you know especially now that like you mentioned you know the I don't know what they're going to do with the bloodline story to make it more interesting yeah. but this is no, the story you got you got I mean, you got I, I, I kind of well, I mean, I, I like, I kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Jay kind of going raw on his own and, you know, having to deal with people that he fucked over as part of the bloodline. But that's kind of interesting, but the actual bloodline itself, like mm-hmm. Roman and Jimmy, that I, I don't even know what they're doing anymore. Yeah. Um, but, but that's what happens when, you know, they've, I mean, how they've told a, a two and a half year long story I and mean, then eventually it was going to lose steam. Yeah, but you have an opportunity to sort of, you know, regain people's imaginations with, with this, and uh, like like a Jade know, and, and Naomi, you know, like a Jade and Naomi as tag champs, and then Bianca as world champ, and then again you you eventually you know dissension, you know you tell the story as all the time, and then eventually there's so many storylines: Jade versus Naomi, Naomi versus Jade, Jade versus Bianca, Bianca versus Jade, Bianca. You know, so many ways you can work that. You know what I mean? Facts. And speaking of Trinity or Naomi, um, I mean, I want to give her a shout out too. Um, cause I mean, she, um, like she, she left the E and, um, and you know, instead of going AEW, like I think some people might've thought she went the impact route, and, you know, I know like a lot of people don't watch impact, but, She's genuinely been doing some fantastic work there, and she just looks so happy and refreshed. And whenever she, whenever they, you know, she does go back, and I do believe she's going to go back one day. You know, like I think, I mean, if they're smart, they'll put the rocket ship on her the way that they should have, you know, for the past eight years. But yeah, they they definitely got something there, and hell, this. If, uh, if Mercedes ever goes back, you know, like just think of the possibilities they could do in terms oh, of the story there. What a faction, man. Oh, God. They're just running roughshod. And they're, of course, no, you know. No, nobody's going to fuck with them. And you Nobody. think the Spice Girls were a big deal. Imagine three unique, and they're all four uni- unique different black women, all different stories, different shades, different looks, yeah. different backgrounds. And if you got a, if I was a writer, I would lick my freaking chops at the opportunity to write a faction like that and have them running roughshod over each other. All of them, and all of them are stars. Yep. Like Sasha might legitimately be the best ring ring, like bell to bell wrestler in the world. Trinity, just, just money. Um, I mean, we both, we both know how, how incredible Bianca is and, and it's like, you know, a lot of WWE fans don't know who Jade is because they don't watch AEW or give a shit about it. Yeah. And, you know, I can't wait for them to see what, you know, what we've seen and 
so there's sort of a, a there's a newness, there's a freshness there. So know. so many fresh matchups. I, and eventually, Jade and, and Jade and obviously Rhea Ripley. That'll be amazing eventually one day. Right mm-hmm. now, the ball is in their court though, because you know WWE just from a pure talent perspective, as far as the women's division, you know. Like you could put them against like the impact ladies, you can put them against anyone. The the, the talent's there. But WWE, much like AEW, um, has a tendency at times to not give a shit about their women's division in terms of just time and just things that matter. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping just by virtue of them being able to flex and say, Ha ha, Tony, we got you know, we got your prize possession. <laughs> Hoping that that means kind of like how they did Cody, that mm. they treat it like the big deal that it is, and it doesn't dissolve into, okay, well, Jade's doing two-minute squashes uh, for the ninth week in a row, like we used to see on, on Rampage, you know. Uh, they have an opportunity to do something really cool, and I really, really hope they don't fuck it up. I agree with you 100%, Brody. I really do. So let's hop into, uh, you know, again, I was right. But anyway, going back to, <laughs> I want to talk about the layoffs as of today. So much going on. What are some of those layoffs and where do you see those folks going? All right, I'll read them all off for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Mustafa Ali, mm-hmm. Rick Boogs, shockingly, Dolph Ziggler. Didn't see that one coming. Um, Shelton Benjamin. Didn't see that one coming either. Mm-hmm. Riddick Moss, Emma, Aaliyah, Elias, uh, Top Dollar. I wasn't. I wasn't happy about that. We'll touch on that in a moment. Um, Dana Brooke, Mace, Mansoor, uh, Shanky, Quincy Elliott, Yulia, Leon, Dabakato. And then there's a bunch of, I mean, I don't really watch NXT, so there's a few names I don't recognize. And apparently there's like another 13 or 14 names of like PC trainees who never made TV who got let go to. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't really know them. But, um, I mean, for me, man, um, Mustafa Ali, like I'm, I've always been very, very high on him. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he does all the amazing, crazy wrestling, but he, he's a really, really good promo, and I, I can't figure out why they never tap into it. And you know, just like just given given WWE's propensity to you know try to kind of have as much diversity and all nationalities represented as they can. Um, I'm shocked that they let him and Mansoir both go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, but Ali, he's a guy who's going to have no problems getting booked. Um, I hope AEW goes after him. Um, mm-hmm. I think he can have bangers and, and impacts. He'll, I think he can do whatever. And me and you both said, uh, both said that Mustafa Ali would be a great international champion. 100%. Like, he, you know, he can he can do that work rate style that that you know that AEW fans like. Um, but but he's got range, man. He can do some sports entertainment shit too. Yeah, he's a very uh, great promo, great passion. Right, and he's from Chicago. So, he's from the Chicago too, isn't he's, 
He's a Chicago guy. Yes, sir. So I, yes, I would sir. say let's book him at uh, coming through the next pay per view. How about that? Yeah, because um, I mean, you know, AW, it feels like every two weeks they're going back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened to but, fucking, oh, by know, the way, what happened to Jay Lethal? Just ask it. Just saw him. Jay Lethal, I mean, I mean, he's doing his tag shit with uh, Jeff Jarrett and them. The and, fact that he hasn't gotten the hey. strap since he's been there is crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think of where we could. I I don't want him. Actually, I don't want him to get any straps or anything until he's like away from like the Jeff Jarrett action, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I think they're really entertaining together, but it's hard to sort of take him serious as a singles champion when. You know when they're they're doing so much, admittedly entertaining, but clown clown type shit. Mm-hmm. But I also I also feel like he's you know he's old enough and he's he's probably at that age now where he doesn't really care about getting a title. He just probably just wants to have some fun, get paid, and you know, every once in a while do something real. Like I feel like he's sort of in that that vet mode of like putting people over. Yeah, I mean. I can't really I can't really speak for him. I'm just assuming I'm just assuming that's the case. I noticed that like you know guys like like Brian Danielson, for instance, you know, like the fact that he isn't actually he hasn't held a title either, and he's literally the best wrestler in the world. But yeah. I know that I know that philosophically he doesn't give a shit about titles. He just wants to like do cool shit and and sort of help help the young guys get over. But at some point, I I hope and expect both of them to, to get a strap, if nothing else. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to go through, like, every single name, because, frankly, a bunch of them, like, no disrespect to them, and I hope they land on their feet. But, you know, some of them, I I wasn't really surprised when I found out that they were released. Yeah. But did any of those names stand out to you? Yeah, definitely Mustafa Ali. Obviously, uh, Hit Row was great. Is interesting. Um, that could be something. Well, with- the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing with Hit Row, and, and I, I, I don't know if there's still more releases to come, but you know, like the last time, you know, they fired Top Dollar and they fired Swerve and B Fab and Adante all at the same time. Um, Ashanti rather, um, and this time around. You know, and I, again, I don't know if there's more releases coming tomorrow or something, but the idea that they cut him and they left the other two is kind of puzzling to me. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Because it's not like, it's not like the other two are like defined characters, so to speak. So I don't know. If, I don't know if there's a plan there. I don't know if, you know, Top Dollar kind of just pissed someone in the office off and they wanted to make an example out of him and him only. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a bunch of these names are kind of, you know, like Dolph Ziggler. I, I just assumed that, you know, whenever he decided he didn't want to wrestle, that, you know, they just move him into a backstage role or something. Um, so that one was a little surprising. Yeah. 
Um, I think Shelton Benjamin got a little bit of tread on the tires, but I just don't I don't have confidence in anything Tony Khan would book for him um, at all. Um, well, I think well, I think I think that Tony would probably bring him in like on some one offs just to like you know, have like a, a random unexpected banger of a match with Hangman Page, for yeah. example. Um, and and if you were to bring him in, I think he would sort of be um, kind of like the Hardys, you know, like like they're around, they're respected, you know, they do a cool match here and there, but you know, they, like they're, they're not winning any titles or they're not, you know. I think the I think his his usage would be more more backstage in terms of producing exactly. And, exactly. and helping the young guys. And like yeah. he, like I think if Tony brought him in, he would he would he'd be losing like two thirds of his matches, like just to get get some guys over. Yeah, I think he's ultimately going to go back to the E, probably a PC coach or something like that. You can't let someone who's that yeah, talented, you know. For sure, for sure. And if I was him, I'd be like, look, I'll be Jade Cargo's personal coach. Uh, I'll teach right. all the moves. Right. And he's, I mean, arguably one of the greatest in-ring performers of a generation from an athleticism point of view. Um, so, uh, oh, yeah. He, he was just, doing things I'd never seen before in wrestling. Literally. The dude, and even at his age, is still very capable. And so, yeah. So, my, my heart goes out to all the released WWE talent. And we'll know that'll be interesting whenever that happens. That, you know, the wrestling world gets shaken up again. And we'll see what'll happen between the uh, talent exchange. But man, what an episode. We got an hour of time today, man. We had CM Punk choking people out to straight edge music. We had Dion, Neon, Dion, Jade, and a hard glory going to WWE. What a week in wrestling. Um, what do you want to leave the fans off? Do you got some, don't you got some music coming out sometime soon? Yes, sir. Um, so I got, a, I got a record coming out in early November. Um, so that's called Rediscovery. You know, just me on the beats, and it's got a lot of my friends and and good folks, and to, to you know, supply some some, some bars. Um, you know, got got some of the homies from across the pond. Got a joint with Skazu, which I'm especially excited about. Um, and I've got another single coming out in uh, in a couple weeks. So stay tuned. But Joe, before uh, before I wrap this up, I'd be remiss if I didn't um, ask you about uh, uh, about them Ravens. How how they look at me? Ravens and the Orioles are both my hometown teams. Are both doing good? They're both leading their divisions. Um, you know, it, it's uh, it's great to see as a as a Baltimore sports fan. Even Orioles playoff tickets now are going for two to three hundred to four hundred five hundred dollars. Five years ago. Three to four years ago, when we had the worst record in baseball. We lost over 100 games. No, the, the, we were begging people to come to the yard. Now, playoff tickets are going for $200, $300. And I've heard, and, and just the city is excited about what's going on with the Orioles. Um, the Ravens, of course, are undefeated, beating our foes, the Cincinnati Bengals, and Macaulay Culkin on roids um, at the <laughs> Joe Burrow. Uh, are, are the Bengals going to get it together, or is this. Uh, yeah, the Bengals will get it together. I think the Bengals will probably. Get ten win. No, I think the Bengals win nine games. I I see um, I see eight and nine for them. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's so it's low key kind of dumb to even make predictions as after week two because <laughs> between injuries and 
and people just getting shit together. Mm-hmm. Lord knows what 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 everything will look like in you know by week ten or eleven. But I, I, I don't know. Some, some something's different about about the Bengals, and you know I think they'll they'll get it together. But you know I'm always of the opinion, or you know if you sort of limp into the season, you'll you'll likely limp out of it. Yeah, zero so, two is a hard thing to cross, and when you lose a division game that early. The Ravens are just getting started. Talent is just kind of well. They lost. Well, they lost to the Browns too. Oh yeah, they're zero two in the division. So that's almost a death death note. Almost in this division, AFC East. That's that is a whole to climb out of. AFC North. Sure. Yeah, brother. uh, I don't know, man. Then then Browns. Deshaun Watson. I'm not really seeing it. I mean, y'all, and I guess the uh, the whole Kenny Pickett thing. Man, he lit up the preseason. You know, I guess I was a little premature for some folks. Um, y'all, y'all might run through this division pretty easily, you know, to be honest. I would love another division title. And uh, if the Orioles win the World Series and the Ravens win the Super Bowl in the same year, bro, oh. um, I'm going bro, to be no hard. going to tell you a damn thing. Nah, I'm going to be a hard person <laughs> to deal with. <laughs> it be unbearable in the group chat. Literally, our group <laughs> chat is fire. But anyway, folks. Eloquent, we're excited. When that new album comes out, we'll, we'll definitely spend some time and, and really go over the tracks and stuff. And um, folks, please support Eloquent on his Instagram. I will put his Instagram link directly into the uh, the um, bio of the podcast. And eventually, we'll be moving over to YouTube real heavy, um, getting some visuals up. But that'll probably be within the next two weeks, two, three weeks. But Eloquent, thank you again for spending time with your boy, R3. Always a pleasure, my guy. Look forward to the next. Hey, folks, we are out.